Hi guys, welcome to LifePoint Youth Online. It is so good to be with you now for the third week in a row. We are, we are live on Facebook right now. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Josh, I'm the youth pastor here, in case you didn't know. Uh, man, it, it's been st still so wild as, as things develop, as things uh, uh, are, are progressing. It is so, uh, such a weird time, but but the cool thing is, is that we can still gather together, even virtually, even digitally, we can gather together and read God's word. And so I was, I was wrestling with, do I continue to talk about the season that we're in and, and the, the circumstances surrounding it? Or do we just move on and, and try to, to continue what we had planned for, for sermon series and, and, and discussions and teachings and all of that stuff? And uh, after talking with, with some people, uh, who are close to me, they were like, hey, let's just go after this thing. And so we are actually starting a brand new series as we uh, are rapidly approaching Easter. I know it feels like things are moving a mile a minute, but it also feels like things are moving at a snail's pace at the same time. Uh, Easter is actually two weeks away, believe it or not. It's crazy to think. And we're gonna be starting a series looking at the cross and the grave. Uh, and I would like to just start off uh, by, by letting you guys know that we are gonna be going uh, uh, live with a special edition of LifePoint Church Online uh, on, on Easter Sunday. So make sure if you do not have plans for Easter Sunday that you make sure to log in and, and check out with us. We have some really cool stuff planned. We will be updating you in the future about that. But before we even get to the New Testament and the Easter story, I would actually like to bring it all the way back to a book in the Old Testament called Daniel. Uh, obviously, you probably know who Daniel is if you grew up in church, but if you didn't, uh, Daniel is most uh, known for Daniel and, and the lion's den, that, that story. I don't know if you watch VeggieTales. Uh, there's the great VeggieTales on it. I love VeggieTales, but that's just me. And um, we're going to be in uh, chapter 9 of Daniel. And we're going to be in verse 25 and go through to the end uh, uh, of, the, of the chapter. Um, but before we do that, I would like for you guys to just take a second and think about your favorite movie. Think about uh, each scene that you watch, your favorite scenes in your favorite movie. Think about how uh, uh, each bit of dialogue is delivered. And, and you would probably, if you're like me, I've already got my movies in my, in my head. If you're like me, you can probably recite almost every line of dialogue. You know which every scene uh, in the movie. And if you're like me and love to share things, I love sharing videos, I love sharing movies, I love sharing TV shows with my friends and family. And um, I, I love watching my favorites with people who have never watched them. Uh, that does kind of make me an annoying uh, movie goer when we're, when we're sitting and we're watching and I'm like, there, here comes this, this is a good part, this is, you know, whatever. So it's probably best that you watch a movie with me for when it's both of our first times, just a fair warning. Um, but, but if you're like me at all, you get excited when your friends are watching your favorite movie and, and that scene comes on or that bit of dialogue is delivered or, or there's something that you know. I love IMDb as well. I love reading about trivia and things like that. So I like going, oh, in this scene, this happened or this person was supposed to be casted this way. The, the point is, is there is awesome 
there's this really cool place to be in when you're anticipating what's happening. And you can, you can share that with someone who is not. And I think that uh, in, this, in this book, in this section that we're going to read of Daniel 9, it's very interesting because the book of Daniel, being, being wisdom literature, is all, it's classified under wisdom literature and prophecy. And this is actually uh, a prophecy about the coming of the Messiah. So if you were wondering, hey, we're, why are we reading Daniel in a... In a uh, in a series about the cross and the grave. This, this section is actually one of the clearest pictures of the Messiah, uh, uh, the prophecy about him and the things uh, regarding that. And so I think it's really cool to read it, but, but going around what is happening here uh, in chapter nine specifically, Daniel is considering the time of captivity that he was in. He also has a confession of sin and he begins to pray. And through his prayers, he actually receives the revelation of the prophecy of the coming Messiah. Pretty cool, right? How many people have ever prayed before and God just unlocked something you didn't even pray for uh, in your time? I think it's, it's so cool to know that when we have prayer and our prayer life is strong, God begins to reveal things that we didn't even know we wanted to hear or needed to hear. Um, but that's a whole other sermon for, for another time. I just kind of wanted to give you guys some, some background behind this. And, um, and let's go ahead and just read. Uh, in chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 25, this is what Daniel says. It says, Know and understand this, from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes, there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. Verse 26, after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the ruler will come to destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and dissolutions have been decreed. In verse 27, this is the last verse, it's kind of long, says he will confirm a covenant for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering and on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolution until, uh, until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So I know it's kind of confusing when you hear that verbiage, like what is seven sevens and, and what is the anointing? Like you start to kind of get lost in the verbiage sometimes. And it's actually the same um, bit as Song of Solomon, which we just uh, concluded. And, and it's in the same genre. So, so a lot of the, the poetry and the poetic elements of the book is... Um, it's very similar where you start to get into verbiage that you don't really understand or know or you're not familiar with. So we're going to break this down, actually. And the first thing that I want you guys to realize or to understand about this passage is that God's plan is exact. God's plan is exact. You see, between the second decree uh, for the, the release of the Hebrews to their homeland and when Ezra... Uh, there's a book about him. When he rebuilt the temple, there was 483 years between that decree being made and the coming of the Messiah. This is not 
the birth of Jesus, but this is actually his baptism and release into ministry when he was 30. So if you guys are familiar with the story of Jesus being baptized and then going into temptation and then starting his ministry, that's actually the 483, this, this block of time that is in between. Um, and this is what is absolutely incredible for me to think about when it comes to uh, when it comes to the book of Daniel, which is written about 500 years before the 483 years is about to start. So this is already like 900 years before anything is happening. Uh, and the years and the calculations when people went back and looked at what seven sevens and all the, the verbiage that is used, when they actually looked at it, um, when you have the dates, it's, it actually works out to be exact. So let me just clarify as we break this down. If you hate math, I'm sorry. If you like math, you're going to love this. And if you're, if you're just indifferent, whatever, you guys aren't in school, you can use a little math. So, um, before we begin, we need to clarify that the Jewish prophetic year was composed of 12 30-day months. So basically, this means that they had 360 days, not 365, the way that we see it. So since Daniel states 69 weeks of seven years each, and each year has uh, 360 days, the equation goes as follows. 69 times 7 times 360. This is 173,880 days. So basically you can find out that the, the determination of the, uh, the decree that was made uh, and, then, and then Jesus, uh, the day that he entered into Jerusalem. So this time span is 476 years. I hope you guys are tracking with me. And if we multiply 476 years by 365, and then there's a bunch of uh, uh, decimals that equate, uh, equate for uh, leap year, okay? So if you get that, you get the result of 1,000 uh, or 100,000, uh, 173,000. There we go. Boom. 173,855 days. So then when you add back the difference between March 5th and March 30th, 25 days, your total is 173,880 days. This is exactly how Daniel predicted it. And if, you, if you're confused or if you're worried about it, wait until the end of the stream, go back and listen, write it out if you need to, because it is amazing to think that so far before even, even the talk of a Messiah was, was here, that, that God had already laid out a plan for how Jesus was going to, to be, in, uh, not reinstated, but, but installed in ministry. And, and it worked out incredibly like, like to the exact day of when Jesus was going to start his ministry. And this, I think, proves God's intentionality to detail. So anyone who wants to look at these numbers and still not believe that Jesus is the Messiah, you either have to do two things. You either have to fudge the numbers and say, oh, it was during the first decree of the Hebrews being released. Oh, it was during the third decree. Like you have to really mess with these numbers so that they don't work out in the way that, uh, that they do. And, or you just have to straight up ignore them and straight up not even talk about them. Like that is how uh, you can come to the, the conclusion that Jesus is not the Messiah. This wasn't a prophecy. This wasn't a completed prophecy. You have to do a lot of work, actually more work 
to disprove it than to prove it. And I think that that's awesome to know and to read the word, especially as people discredit the Old Testament and they say the Old Testament doesn't matter, man, it matters here. And we can definitely look at it and see the writing on the wall for what was gonna happen and, and, and what was gonna occur. Uh, I think of it like this. If you guys are ever building a house or maybe you have built a house, maybe your parents have, um, and you have a measurement of a floor or a wall or a room that's off, it's gonna be obvious when you start building that it's off. And anyone who sees that was gonna be able to plainly tell like, hey, uh, you missed a tile here or your, your wall looks weird or this room is like not you know, proportionate or, or whatever. But when the blueprint is followed and executed to the exact measurements, it's just as clear that it's correct. And it's the way that the house was intended to be built. You can look at it and you can go, wow, this room or this floor or this wall or the ceiling is perfect. The exact measurements that were on the blueprint were followed and put through. And I think that it's just so cool to see that God, throughout this prophecy that he gives to Daniel, is always in the detail and he has, uh, uh, his plan is exact. I think that that is just uh, an amazing uh, encouragement for us to know that God's plan, as he, especially his plan for the Messiah, here specifically, is exact. It's exactly what he wanted. And I think that this is another uh, good point coming out of this as you read uh, in verse 26. This is that God's, God does not start a plan without a conclusion. It would be really difficult to start something and not really finish it. So after the coming of the Messiah, 69 weeks would pass before he would be cut off. That means his death. This proves that not only did the book of Daniel predict the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he was 30, but it also predicts his death. And I think that it's just so cool to know that, that all of this stuff, I mean, it talks about uh, the Jews overrunning the city and the Jews were actually the ones who asked for Jesus to be crucified. Uh, they, would be, they would be committing the crime in which their guilt would be filled up and the troubles would come upon their nation. All of this stuff happened after Jesus uh, was killed. All of the blessings bestowed on a sinful man come through Christ's atoning sacrifice who suffered once for sins, the unjust for the unjust that he was going to be God. I think that that is just uh, an incredible amount of encouragement for me to read this and know that God does not start a plan without a conclusion. He, he, he wouldn't give Daniel in this prophecy. He didn't give Daniel uh, the, the time when Jesus was going to come and be installed in ministry without actually warning him and telling him about when the Messiah was going to be cut off. You see, he gives the exact time to wait for the Messiah. He gives Daniel the exact time frame of his death as well. Both are accurate. You can calculate both. And it, and it proves that God's plan for redemption, this salvation plan for us, for you and me, had been laid out for hundreds of thousands of years, hundreds of years specifically from the time that Daniel receives this prophecy. You see, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus were so calculated and so meticulous that he had to be on to something. That something, it was Jesus's mission and plan for the res restoration and the redemption for all of us. So he has a plan and, and he has it from the beginning to the end. 
I don't know about you, but I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. I, I uh, grew up watching, watching them even though uh, they were released far before uh, I was born, but, but I loved watching them. The prequels were when I was a kid, so I love the prequels. Uh, not so much now, but that's just because I'm a nerd and I'm picky and everything. Um, these Disney uh, sequels, though, are really interesting. Um, especially after, at the conclusion of the end, you know, a lot of us were watching that movie and uh, you're watching it and you go, oh, uh, that's how we're going to end this thing? Like this whole series? You know, a lot of people felt that way. A lot of people loved it anyway. Krishna Chambliss, I'm looking at you. Uh, a lot of people loved it. A lot of people thought it was awesome. And that's great. The point of the, the matter is, is that when reporters, people who are film critics and reporters looked into how this trilogy, the sequel trilogy was made, uh, which was very jarring in a lot of areas, um, not a whole lot of continuity that was kept throughout the entire time, they actually found that the executives at Disney who were overseeing the production and the, uh, all of the aspects of, of these three movies, Disney did not even have a plan for what was going to happen in the first one, what was going to happen in the second one, what was going to happen in the third one. They kind of just let the directors, granted it was two directors, but they kind of just said, hey, do what you want for this movie. And um, then the second one, they were like, hey, do what you want for this movie. Not really understanding that the director and the direction of the story was really not going to be kept throughout the entire time. So you have this, this uh, 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 tension between what was happening uh, on screen and then it not being ever addressed or brought, uh, built upon or, or whatever throughout the rest of the other movies. And uh, I just find it very uh, comforting to know that our story, God's story, is not like that. Especially his, his uh, 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 prophetic word that he, that he gave to Daniel about Jesus' coming. There was always going to be a beginning. There was always going to be an end. And I think that that's cool to know that God has that for, for his, his people, especially as it pertains to salvation. And that's what this prophecy is pertaining to. So don't take this word and go, God has a plan for everybody. That is true, but not really here. It's really just highlighting his plan of salvation. And I think that that's cool to see. And then this last verse kind of seems tacked on when you read it uh, with the other two, but it actually uh, is, is very uh, another comforting fact to know, and that is that God knows all. Daniel goes on in verse 27 to discuss the Antichrist and what to expect from his reign. Kind of the end of the world, the, the revelation uh, type word that Daniel receives is in verse 27. And this is what I want you guys to really understand and grasp in this. And that is that in addition to the prediction of Jesus, we also see God outline the end times just as clearly. It's almost this bonus revelation that Daniel gets to experience. And, and while it's not really related to the Easter resurrection story, the story of Jesus, it's crucial because it keeps us aware that there is more to come. You see, Jesus, his work on uh, his ministry that he did for three years before his eventual death and resurrection. I mean, that's amazing. And that is exactly why we get to celebrate the way that we do. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate Easter the way that that we get to like like 
it's an incredible opportunity to celebrate Easter. And I'm not discounting Jesus' uh, uh, works in his ministry and, and his death and resurrection. Please, I would be crazy to do that. I understand. But I think it is cool to know that there is still more to this story that's coming. And I'm not trying to get too rah-rah, spit in your face and, and, and tell you you're going to hell, but there is a reality that Jesus is going to come back again. That is just a reality that we have to keep in the forefront of our mind in every single thing that we do. Know that this story of Jesus and his kingship over all is not yet completed. Jesus is going to come back. Jesus is going to come back again and he's going to reign. And this in verse 27 keeps that at the forefront of the conversation. It outlines Jesus and his, his plan of salvation and his Messiah uh, uh, status. But what it also does is it keeps us as the reader aware that there's more to this story. Jesus' work did not end with his death. It didn't even end with his resurrection. It didn't even end with his ascension because Jesus is going to come back someday. And so I think reading Old Testament prophecy the way that we do here in uh, Daniel, it's just encouraging to know that God has had a plan for this entire time. And he gave it to Daniel and we get to read about it and we get to look forward to the fact that Jesus is going to return someday. And, and we can hold on to that and we can celebrate Easter and we can do all of those things. And it's going to be an incredible time. But I just want you to be encouraged to know that God has that in control. He has it in plan and we win at the end. Spoiler alert, we win. I think that that is just incredibly encouraging, especially as we begin this series on the cross and the grave to know that even before Jesus is coming, it was already outlined what was going to happen. And these dates are exact. You can go back and do the math. It's pretty incredible to see. Uh, I would like to just end uh, with a time of prayer. Please, if you would, uh, if you feel comfortable to drop your prayer requests in the comments, DM us, personal message us. Uh, you can hit me up personally as well. Uh, let us know what we can be praying with you about because we want to be involved in, in, and agree with you in prayer. So let's just close out this time in prayer together uh, right now. Father, Thank you that you are outlining every single thing that we have, Lord. But here specifically, you outline Jesus and his coming. You outline the salvation that we get to receive at, because of the work on the cross, because of the work and the resurrection of Jesus. We get to have eternal life and we get to have relationship with you. So Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that even Old Testament texts that get confusing with language or, or, or the, the phrasing of things, Lord, I thank you that it is still a relevant word today that we can go back to time and time again to encourage ourselves and, and to look forward to the coming of Jesus again. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for spending time with us uh, this evening. We will see you back next week. We actually have some really cool stuff 
uh, that will be going up on our Instagram and Facebook pages here pretty soon. I uh, can't wait to share that with you and the team and the leaders that we have. Uh, we're really excited for what we have uh, to share. Make sure that you follow us on uh, Instagram at LPYouthAZ. And then you're on the Facebook page now, so thank you for that. Maybe you're on Vimeo. You can check out our LifePoint Youth Facebook uh, page as well. All you have to do is type in LifePoint Youth. You'll see our little uh, logo and, and everything like that, and you can check that out. Uh, and give us a like, man. Make sure that you're also engaging with us. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about what is uh, God doing in your life in this season. Uh, we want to be able to pray with you. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just very excited about what we have coming up. Um, we also have our LifePoint Youth Audio Podcast. Maybe that's where you're listening to this uh, on all sorts of podcasting platforms, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google. You can check it all out and we are there everywhere. And you can listen to all of these sermons or even go back and listen to some of our older ones uh, to catch up or to, to, to go through some, some additional things, man. We're trying to resource people. Speaking of resourcing people, this is the last thing before I let you guys go. Uh, I also have my personal podcast. It's called uh, Engaging the Culture. And we just try to talk every single week uh, about what, uh, how, how to engage the youth culture in, in a time that is crazy, especially now. I think all of our episodes have revolved around COVID-19 just because that is what's overtaking uh, everything as far as the news cycles, the sports cycles, the, everything. Entertainment, it's all there. So uh, you can check that out at Engaging the Culture uh, uh, with Josh Seaton. That is on Spotify right now. We are currently waiting on Apple and everything like that. Man, uh, we hope that you would find us and connect with us on those different uh, platforms. And we look forward to seeing you here next week for another sermon, uh, for another service. And we pray that you would gather your family and, uh, and just join us, man. It's going to be an incredible time. We love you and we thank you for joining us. We'll see you soon.